Paranormal Quest and uh, myself, Dave, solo again. And I do enjoy him, I must admit. I can't really complain about it, but you just got me today again. Uh, this is episode 11. And again, I don't think this episode is really going to be based on anything in particular, but I am going to mention the latest uh, investigation that we went on, which was, I believe, last week. Um, I will mention that. Um, and we've got a few questions that, of course, I will be reading out. And um, a few of them are pretty decent, to be honest with you. I've had to pretty much prepare myself to answer them because uh, they need to be answered a bit in more in detail than what they would be normally. So, yeah, we've got them as well. Um, and a few little random things just thrown in the mix and maybe a few little, uh, I like to say updates, but they're not updates. just uh, keeping people on, on top of what's actually going on and what's happening. But either way, we'll get there in the end because I do like talking and that I do a lot of. So, like I said, episode 11, let's get into it. So, first of all, it's absolutely glorious. The sun is shining. It feels like summer's arrived early. All my windows are open in my apartment. Air is brushing through and it feels really nice in my apartment at the moment in time. And the weather outdoors is absolutely phenomenal. So hopefully this is going to be a, a long thing to come. Um, I do love my summers. My birthday is in August. So I do always have an August birthday. And I do like the heat. I'm not a big fan of the cold. Pretty much like most of us in this world. So yeah, it's uh, really nice outside and I'm stuck in here and recording, but I must admit I will be back out later on doing something, I'm sure, outside. Uh, but yeah, um, so episode 11, um, 11 weeks I've been doing this, 11 to 12 weeks, something like that. Still thoroughly enjoy it. I don't think I'd ever change it. Um, I am going to be, as of next week, we will be going visual. So not just audio, but definitely going visual next week. Uh, the first couple of weeks maybe a month or so will be in my apartment and um, more than anything to get me up to scratch i mean recording audio is audio in the back of your head no one can see you so you always know this so when it comes to recording it's, it's a bit more easy than what it would be normally but then when you've got cameras in front of you it just it's a total different ball game <laughs> so i think the first four to six weeks maybe a month or so whatnot of doing it in my apartment creating a little mini little kind of studio thing kind of look a good look in my apartment to get me really up to par before the studio in the town center finally it's the ball running or oh, it's the ball running is that a saying finally gets off going um i think that might be a wise choice um i don't want to be cutting headlights scared um nervous or anything like that so I'm going to definitely look about going that route. So next week will be visual. And um, what I'm going to do is create a, a total brand new YouTube channel just based on the podcast alone. So we'll have our YouTube channel, um, HGC After Dark, which will be all paranormal, all my episodes and um, all my seasons and and this, that, the other. And then, of course, I'll have uh, the podcast one, which will be After Dark Paranormal Quest podcast. And that will be associated with the other channel of course but i just want them all separate i was entwining them with the um hgc after dark youtube which is all well and good it's just it didn't feel right i thought we might as well have it have it as a separate entity in total and so i'm going to go down that road so as of next week you'll if you want to go and see a visual kind of format as well as the audio um, that will be all incorporated uh, next week. I'll probably start really finishing that probably by tomorrow. It'll be all finished. 
um, I've got all my equipment all ready and raring to go here it's just a case of setting it all up getting the sound cock on and uh, going from there really so I like to say it's nervous times looking forward which it is but also very exciting at the same time because it's something part of the field that I've always wanted to go into so I'm looking very much forward to that now um, a few things that I'd like to mention on this uh, this episode today uh, pet peeves I heard someone mention their top 10 pet peeves on one of their podcasts and it just <laughs> made me giggle listening to their reactions and random things they were coming out with now me as a person I'm probably the most random very different spontaneous weirdo you probably ever meet <laughs> I, uh, I I do think I'm, I'm pretty much very different to any normal person that might be out there and I do have a lot of pet peeves just things that really great and get underneath my skin um, yes it's nothing to do with paranormal but the paranormal will come into the episode I do assure you that but I do like to reel off a few of these pet peeves sorry um, I've wrote a few of them down but I think as I'm reading them out to be honest with you more will just end up coming to light and, and I'll just reel them off as well but my first pet peeve I can't stand it when a lass and a lass, a lass and a lass, a lass and a lad can't be friends without people putting their interpretation on it, thinking that something's going on, is there a relationship going on, this can't happen, why are you doing it? I don't get it and I don't want to get it. There's nothing to get. Uh, there is a reason why I've mentioned this because for the last year and a half, I've been getting hate, absolute hate, because I'm really close with our fellow colleague at After Dark, as in Michelle. Now, yep, she's a lovely, lovely woman, and she's got a nice, lovely personality to go along with it. And she's also in the same field as me, and probably ha shares the same passion and love for the field as, as what I do. But I've been getting so much hate because me and her always spend our spare time together and it's literally for after dark and investigations or the podcast or just mixing ideas up now and then no communication but pretty much it's just that's it and the hate that came with it and still comes with it to this day it's beggar's belief um i like to say that i get it but i don't because at the end of the day we've got a job to do and because she's female and I'm male, does that make any difference? I, I don't get it, and it gets a bit boring. It's very, very boring, to be honest with you. Um, and, it, and it has been going on for over a year now, and it gets to the point where I get threatened. I've been threatened probably five, six times, maybe more. Of the fact that I'm spending too much of my time with Michelle to a certain extent, um, and part of me wants to just drum it into the head. Look, it's for this reason, that reason, and it's pretty much that is it in a nutshell. But then I feel well disheartened and let down. I think, well, if I feel like I have to explain myself, then clearly am I doing something wrong? That's all I'm thinking in the back of my head, and I'm not. And I know I'm not. It's just why do I feel like I have to explain myself? It's just this world as it is now. It is as it, this world as it is right now. It just seems little things like 
a guy and a girl just cannot be close friends and, and do the same field together as a team. And you see it all the time in day-to-day life where you'll see um, a male have a best friend of a female and I don't know if they get hatred or ridiculed for that, but you see it all the time um, and it should be just a norm at the end of the day because of the opposite ends of sex. It doesn't mean that they can't be friends and, and do what they want to do. But yeah, it's been a bit of a turmoil over, over 12 months of me getting crap for it and it gets to the point where it's just built up and built up and built up. And I'm thinking, oh, I just really can't be arsed with it. I'm, I like to have a simple life. My life is how I set it. And if I'm getting ridiculed and threatened and stupid messages sent in and, and this, that, the other, is it really worth it? I mean, what? I can't change anything apart from walk away from the whole thing. And that means they've won. So, yeah, that's my pet first pet peeve is that. Um, I mean, there's a few more and I will reel them off now but and that's the main one it's really pissing me off to be honest with you um so when you're eating just eat <laughs> just eat if you've got packaging in your hand don't over rustle this packaging as you're eating oh jesus christ it's like nails on a chalkboard for me when someone's eating nice and quietly and all you can hear is this rustling plastic packaging or whatever it's made of just rustling so loudly it's like christ almighty just knock it down just a couple of notches but i've had it a few times where when you're on public transport or you're doing your day-to-day thing going shopping or something or you're in a vicinity with other people and someone's near you and they're eating and they're overly rustling or i've had it in the past we've had a partner sat there doing something but she's eating something and it's just like the the rustling of the item she's got in her hand i'm like what this cat's digging at me again and i'm thinking just 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 quiet down a notch that's another bit of a pet peeve um and then the other one that goes inside with that the saying nom nom what the fuck is all that about nom nom Oh, I'm eating something that's really nice. Nom, nom, nom. What is that all about? Ah, I came across this a couple of years ago, more than a few years ago, and it and it bugged me then, and it bugs me even more now. Now, I get it less and less now, but I still sometimes come across it, and again, I don't get it. The word nom does not even make sense in the first place. So putting that word twice together and regarding it towards something as an eating, no, don't get that really don't get that at all um no pet peeve that is um another one people living what they think is their perfect life and it's actually a lie again it comes back to the social media thing for me which i've clearly mentioned in previous episodes as another bug burner um yeah just living a life where they're not just lying to people that are witnessing it they're lying to themselves so broadcasting and socializing that their life is this and then clearly it's something totally totally different i personally think that if you can accept the way you live your life and be more than happy with you in your own skin and what you do on your day-to-day basis brilliant but when you have to go out there and 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 literally twist the truth or just twist something because you feel like it needs to I don't get that and I don't see the point in that 
at the end of the day, everyone has their own independent, livable life. If you feel like you're so embarrassed about your own life, then just don't mention anything at all to anything. No social. You don't have to mention anything. Just live your life. But when you come across profiles of people that are living this totally, totally eggshelled life, like this ball, and and they believe that they live this life, and then clearly you come across some proof that they really aren't, it's not a good look, and it's not something I'd want to live like day to day, because it's all right living your life as you want to live it, that's great, but when you're lying daily, you will stumble and you will trip up, and I've come across people very much like this, um, where they have stumbled and tripped up because they've said something that was pretty much a, a white lie, a fib, and they've mentioned something again later down the line which didn't match up and it's just like a jigsaw puzzle you, you piece it together and you're like well wait there and then you end up questioning it christ almighty people are boring people are exciting people are very dubious and people are very extravagant that's what makes the world go around everyone's different just don't shy away from it live your life how you want to live it but don't broadcast something that's totally different because if you really feel you have to you need to really start questioning yourself that bit more in life. That's what I feel on that matter. And another pet peeve of mine. Uh, the next one, bullies. Hate bullies. Never like bullies. Pretty much like everyone else in this world. But when you feel like you have to bring someone else down because your life is just a bag of shit in general is uh, one thing. But when you see bullying happening on day to day, again, a social media comes in again. TikTok's been the worst for it where you can people record bullying going on find it funny and then broadcast it to the wide web so people can either look laugh and interpret and it's not a, a good look that i feel needs to be broadcast at all bullying is no way shape or form uh, another thing it's one thing you're making that person feel low for whatever reason and it it shouldn't go on it shouldn't at all when i was in school primary school secondary school bullying always used to happen i was always the first person to come in between it every single time and i'd been caught out a few times where they had a big boyfriend who was big and jacked and literally i was chased around the school because i'd stopped bullying going on because a certain girl was bullying this young lad because he didn't have a voice and i came in between and i told this girl i won't say her name um not that she ever listens but I said to her, there's no uncertain terms, this is right. You're doing it for sure because people are watching and you think it's the right thing to do. It isn't. Um, you're embarrassing yourself. Sort yourself out. If you feel like you have to bring someone else down because you feel that they're not on your stupid low level, they need to really start questioning yourself. Something along those lines with a few little bits in between, probably swear words and shit like that. Anyway, it didn't go down well. And her partner had left the school um, previously a year before, so he'd left secondary school. Anyway, she's gone and complained to him. And next thing you know, I'm playing rugby with the rugby team and this big jacked up twat came on and uh, literally I looked at him and I thought, ain't got a chance. Not a scatting else. Gooby have I got a chance. And I knew I was quick. So I scarpered. My little legs were, well, I was quite, I'm still quite tall. I was running like the clappers. Uh, and this bastard was quick. I mean, he was never quick during school, but fuck, he caught up to me quick. Um, 
this is where the funny aspect comes in because as soon as you caught me and I'm literally on the floor on my back I'm thinking I'm going to get a good hide in here all my rugby team um, or all everyone else that was on the other side of the school bear in mind I'd run halfway around the school by this point was still running to catch up with us because me and this kid just scarpered well I scarpered and he caught up to me really quick but as soon as he caught me I thought I'm going to get it here and he didn't he just looked at me and said I know what you said to my girlfriend don't do it again and I thought I knew for a fact there and then if people had been stood there watching this moment happen where this guy was clearly caressing because he was on top of me at this point so he was literally caressing my eye between my pants near enough but he said what he said and because no one was there watching I kind of got away with it scarily the fact is if people were there watching what would have really happened because he'd feel like he had to put a show on um, and I'm kind of glad it didn't go down that route but yeah, uh, bullies. I'm I'm not a big fan of them. Not one way, shape, or form. Um, if you have to bring someone else down and belittle them, hurt them, make someone upset. I mean, you hear all. Of, I mean, bullying still goes into this day, right now on social media, celebrities' world, our world. Not that world is different. We're all in one big world, but you know, just it, it happens everywhere you look. Um, in one way, shape, or form, it does happen. I'm dead against it, always will be against it, and um, I just can't see, I can't stand to see it, um, and then when you flick on your social, you're still seeing videos now and then pop up, and it's just, it's shit, it really, really is shit, so, next one, rude, rude people, why, why have rude people, I know you're going to get it, but when someone's rude, and blatantly rude, um, from something stupid and simple I don't get that one I mean I've everyone's come across a certain rude person whether it's a family member a friend or someone you just met passing um, or a driver a fellow driver I've just generally been rude um, I would consider rude someone else thinking that they're just in the right and they just don't have no care in the world for that other person and they'll say and do what they want because they feel they're so in the right and don't really feel that they're going to get any repercussions, which is blatantly just rude. I can't stand rude people because there's no need for it. And it kind of goes in the same category as bullies. If someone's rude, you're belittling that person at that moment in time, very much like what a bully does. And a rude person thinks they can just get away with it and keep doing it and keep belittling and bringing people down because that's just the way they are inclined to, to live their life. And everyone has come across it in one shape, one way, shape or form. It's just, there's no need for it. Can't people just be polite and just talk to people normally and at a lower level where it's an even keel. You get bullies in um, workplaces. Christ, I've, I've, I've started new workplaces and, and the manager or a hierarchy supervisor or something thinks there's something they're clearly not. Uh, and, and they'll just bully people, fellow employees, in little ways where they think, oh, I'll get away with this. It's wrong. It's, 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 it's wrong in every way. I still come across it. Now where I've been at a new workplace and I've, I've come across a supervisor, and because something's not gone his or her way, they come up with snarky little comments or little innuendos or just petty things that really shouldn't be said within what you would think a professional atmosphere, a workplace. And a few times, because I'm very outspoken, that's one thing I am, 
and if someone says something to me that's very abrupt or not quite right or I've seen it past in my own eyes and someone's saying it to someone else, I will be the first person there to say, look, hey, what, what's the crack of your pal? At the end of the day, you, you, you shouldn't be saying it like this. There's a way of saying something and you're clearly going the wrong way about it. Now, I don't understand. A lot of people out there just don't have bloody people skills and they and other people can mix that up with bullying or someone being rude because someone just hasn't got the people skills. I get that. Totally get that. But if you don't mention it to that person when they are doing something clearly wrong, they're never going to learn. And life is a curveball. It's a learning curve. If you do something wrong, make sure you mention it to someone and they will learn from it and hopefully go forward and not bloody do it again. Uh, so yeah, rude people, not good. Not good at all. Uh, next one. <laughs> I'm reeling them off now. <clears throat> Cleanliness. B.O. Oh, God. Makes me puke in my mouth thinking about it i hate the smell of beer and i do have a situation of someone who had a very very bad beer um yes i didn't mention anything to them because it's it's going down the first two rules of what you shouldn't really do rude people and bullies because it is a very snarky rude and bullyish comment to make someone christ almighty you stink you don't really want to say it you'd say it in a nicer way if you did mention it but um, where I live in my apartment, there's a few apartments surrounding me and I was a mechanic for four years at Volvo uh, when I was 18, going on to 22, I did it for four years. And uh, I was in the garden, my well, it's a communal kind of garden thing, everyone goes in it, big car park, excuse me, big car park there and whatnot, and there was this kid. Now I knew he was lived in the block next to me for a while, I just never talked to him and his partner at all, probably because we just haven't crossed paths long enough, but I was out there doing what I was doing and I, seen him doing something to his car and his, his turbo's gone on his car and it's a diesel car so pretty much i'm very intrigued and i've got a mechanical background mechanical history so i thought i'd give him give the guy a hand you know to see if he's anything like struggling with or just point me in the right direction if he's not too sure about something uh, so i course went up to him and started talking to him and he's a really nice pleasant kid him and his partner were both nice uh, both very talkative and i love one thing is when you talk to someone and they actually stare in your eyes or at your face when they're talking to you so and then when you talk back to them they actually listen to what you've got to say and then reply back with whatever they want to reply back with that kind of conversation and it just next thing you know 10 minute conversation has gone into an hour i've been out there but anyway i was saying to this guy i said um what, what what's going on with your car i said oh i've got this diesel diesel motor in uh, and this what car is it now an audi i love Audis, by the way so that's pretty much why i wanted to walk towards them because i'd seen this audi parked up but i didn't know who actually owned it so oh, my um it's a diesel and i've got his turbo and it's um it's literally he's put my car into limp mode so i was like all oh, right then what happens literally so he said oh he put his foot down and literally he had the power there and then all of a sudden it just died off and there's nothing there and it went into limp mode so I kind of figured it was two issues. Uh, basically, any turbo that's on a car, um, whether it's low compression or high compression, diesel or petrol, has a dump valve. So an excess pressure is created in this turbo because all it is is sucking in air from your air intake and pushing it through the engine a lot quicker and into your engine. That's all it is. You've got an impeller and a propeller um, and this turbo. So one part of it sucks the air in, one part of it pushes the air out, and it runs off your exhaust gases, uh, which are always pushing out the you exhaust at a, 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 a fine velocity speed. So I said to him, look, you, you check your dump valve. If your dump valve seized or it's not working properly and you, your turbo can't release the pressure when it hits to a certain bar, which normally low compression between two and a half and three bar pressure, you lay the tsh, tsh, 
should actually dump valve relieving, relief and releasing the pressure of your turbo so you don't create any problems and you're not pushing too much air into your engine at one point you, you're, you're limiting it to its maximum bar only so i was like oh i never thought of that and i'm thinking oh, no, that's the easiest thing you, you first thing you look at so um i look the dump valve's right above his turbo and he was by this point taking half his turbo out so i was like no no mate, forget that keep the bolts there literally your turbo is right above um your your blow off valve is right above your turbo let's just take that off and, and check it anyway we, we took it off and yes yeah, so it was it was it was seized as crazy i think something water had got in it or something anyway it was old it's an old car 57 plate so what i'd got into is a dump valve and literally yeah it couldn't release because all your all your dump valve is it's just a, a a spring on a plate and when your pressure pushes against the spring to a certain extent whatever bar you the turbo set at um your spring will then come down and then it release the pressure via your dump valve uh, but the spring had seized the the plate on top had seized literally so i think water had corrosion had got into it and, and that had happened so i said look let's take dump valve off it'd be cheaper to replace your dump valve than it would be to replace the full turbo anyway as i'm doing this i'm having this smell and this guy i know he'd been out there it was a warm day his hands were covered in oil so he's been doing it for a good period of time before i even got there and uh, it was just this awful smell of just beer but i didn't want to just like literally leave him hanging and just walk away and just like think oh get out of the vicinity so i can breathe again uh and he, yeah he absolutely reeked and i've never smelled a strong smell like it to the point where my eyes were watering and i was struggling to walk straight because it was literally taking all the oxygen from my breathing air and i just felt faint it was that strong really strong smell and you know you just want to say fucking hell pal just bang change your t-shirt mate i'll do something but you can't you can't be rude so yeah so and and beer is clearly you can smell it yourself i mean i've i mean just like anyone i mean i've come in from the gym or something and i've not showered at the gym and i've got in and you know you just want to be lazy because you're just going to work out and you think oh i just chill out for five and then you literally you can smell yourself and i'm like oh god i smell like a russian's ball sack here let's just uh sort myself out and then i'll go straight in the shower and get myself cleaned up clean as a whistle so to speak i felt embarrassed because if i could smell it on myself the first thing i do is get cleaned up get myself sorted personal hygiene you think everyone's got it and um, but this smell that was coming off the skeezer it was um 10 times what a, a normal human being nostril was capable of smelling um, and if i can smell it and i'm literally five foot away from him i can only imagine what his nostrils are smelling and clearly he just didn't give a toss um, but his girlfriend's there as well, so I'm thinking, God, do you know what I mean? It's, ugh. Hey, just a quick message. Well, it's more of an update, really. Uh, we have an online store uh, for merchandise. It can be bought all from there, and it's all been designed by myself. Uh, unique yet different. Also, every purchase basically helps after that push forward and it shows your support in our quest to show that life really does exist after death we as a team totally dedicated to what we do are so involved in making the right content but not just for me it's for you the supporters who also wonder the same thing what happens to your spirits your energy when you pass over so basically check it out click the link in our youtube uh, about section and the merchandise link will be in there click that it will open the shop check it out see what you think other than that flick over to the facebook page that we've got 
put in the search bar HGC After Dark and the shop will all be on there. But make sure you like the page. Hopefully, the shop that you will see and the items we've got on there you will like. Have a look, see what you think. Other than that, thank you very much for listening to this and let's get back to this episode, yeah? Beer, yeah, beer, not great. Uh, the next one I wrote down actually was social media. Uh, sexing your social media up again. And again, I stumbled across the same profile again today, doing exactly the same thing what she's been doing for the last month. So, sexing her content to try and get views, clicks, and likes on what not. Uh, but I've also stumbled across another profile. And I'd love to mention her name because it's bugging me rotten, but I'm never going to do that. Um, I think, I mean, I know, I don't know her personally, personally. Um, I know her bit in bits and bobs, but she must have. I think she's gone through a breakup or someone's really hurt her very recently because she's gone onto TikTok and literally I don't follow her on TikTok because I ain't to follow someone where I want to watch the videos. But for some reason, because she's on my Facebook, TikTok kind of connects the videos up and the socials up, and so she, she keeps popping up on my. TikTok, even though I'm not following it, which is another book banner of this meta social media fucking lifestyle. But anyway, she's uh, putting little videos on, don't know, and you dub over like a video. So she'll be speaking in this video, either miming to a song or miming where you have that robotic voice above it, over you. And she'll like put like, I don't know, she'll be sat on a couch or something, all dolled up to the max or something, and she's like, little like voice will start talking saying oh what would you rate me out of 10 um and stuff like that and i'm like oh just nail wrenching horrible shit i was like for fuck's sake man i'm like and that's just one of them it's like every video she puts up she's just like prim and proper looking at herself and stuff like that and she, and i and i did a boobo massive boobo i did a devo boobo i replied to one of her videos saying, do you know what, I will pull the fucker up now on my phone because it still bugs me now to this day. Whether it's still on there is another matter. Actually, I think I should remember it. Literally, it was a reply, very nice reply, very grown up reply saying, don't worry about what other people think. Love and live your life the way you want to live it. And if someone's going to enjoy watching and seeing this, they will then pull forward and start to get to know you on a personal one-to-one basis don't keep doing things for likes and stuff like something along those lines and she just liked the comment that was it liked and i'm thinking have you fucking read it <laughs> Do you mean a normal person would read that i think hmm hmm yeah she just liked it and that was it no reply nothing i'm like oh right whatever yeah maybe be so yeah you get it all the time um just i don't i, I don't get it because i know how the world works like sexing and Anything to do with sex is a very uh, good tool to either create money, get yourself out there. Women do it. At the end of the day, if they've got gorgeous, lovely bodies, they want to flaunt it off. Yeah, flaunt it off. I, I get that. That's fine. But look at my fa- one of my famous actresses. Look at Blake Lively. Absolutely stunning woman. Gorgeous. Through and through. Literally beautiful. Brilliant actress. She's with Ryan Reynolds. She's got beautiful three kids and she's living a life as she wants to. She has got a body of a goddess, and this is in my personal opinion. Other males out there that might be listening to, to my voice now might agree. 
she's absolutely stunning and she's in a total world of her own like wow phenomenal but she will dress appropriately and not sex herself out which i find even more intriguing because and look how popular and how rich and how successful the strong independent woman is and she doesn't have to get tits out of her do you know what I mean? She doesn't have to wear low-cut tops or these pants that go right up to your crotch or anything of the sort. She does this normally and look at where she's got now. Why can't other females just look up to people like Blake Lively? If she can do it, they can do it. Getting your cleavage out and hiding up your, your shorts or this, that, the other. Clearly, there's, you're going to get the wrong people liking it. You're going to get the wrong people messaging you and the wrong kind of thing from it um just look at what's going on around you i mean i'm dead against it personally i uh, and if i do see it i just go straight past it. it doesn't interest me but if i see someone that's dressed very very right for the occasion um looks very pretty does it really well i will either like or look at that picture that bit longer than what i should do um but that's just my personal opinion but i do think you're getting it too much in life and i just think they need to kind of women just need to wake up a bit i think personally there's no need for it uh, another one, and I'll make this my last one because I've got a few more after this, but I'm just, I'll keep reading on and on. Um, I understand women want to make themselves really pretty. I understand they get fake eyelashes, fake nails, fake hair, fake boobs, fake any, anything nowadays you can get fake, uh, especially for a woman, and the world's your oyster in that kind of field. But I just don't get the thick makeup, like it's like plastered. Now, I don't know if you've ever, anyone has ever seen the Jim Carrey film The Mask. It just reminds me of that. Okay, it's not green, what we've been wearing, but the thickness, I would think, is very similar on par to how much makeup they're laying on their face on a day-to-day -day basis. I can only imagine them having to con to contact their local construction yard to go and try and get the digger to take the fucking makeup off every night before they go to bed. <sighs> I just... Why? And you know what's even more of a bugbear is that once the if they do ever if you if you do ever see a picture of these certain relevant people with hardly any makeup on, they're absolutely gorgeous, stunning, down to the perfect, just perfect. So why have this facade of this big, thick, fifteen mil plasterboarded makeup on your face? There's no reason to do that. You're beautiful inside and out anyway. And I know why women might do it because it's like a facade. It's like a facade, facade. Maybe that might be the right word. Like, for example, women's going through COVID. I know it sounds stupid. I mean, I have some underlying um, anxiety issues, and very man, you. I'll give you that they are, but they're, th they're still there. And I mentioned it in a few podcasts oh, a while ago. I went through a tenure relationship, and literally, it, it, it really hurt and, and and left a massive open wound for me going forward in life after um, we both separated ways anyway when covid came and you have to wear this mask everywhere you go you can go shopping you can do anything without a bloody face mask on and i felt myself i don't know why in the two years that i was wearing these masks on and off i was coming more at my bubble and very talkative and this anxiety kind of just, just disappeared because i had this mask covering half my face so i can understand why women put makeup on because it's like a um, a layer of something between the human world and themselves as a person yes i get that very much so and like i was saying about the mask thing 
I very much went through something similar, not with the makeup, but having the mask covering nearly three quarters of my face for some reason. The anxiety when I'm talking to someone one on one or when I'm in a public place or something like that, if I've got a mask on, I, the anxiety just disappeared because they couldn't see half my face. I don't know why that is. I'm still questioning that myself, but it's just something that popped into my head about a month ago and it's like kind of etched its way into my brain for some reason. So yeah, um, yeah, the makeup thing. Come on, women, you know you're gorgeous. Just uh, leave it at that. I must admit, when you see women where they have the bare minimum of makeup, but they're in a beauty that they're born with, they utilize that. Fantastic, brilliant to see. Um, but I don't understand the big thick makeup scenario. I really don't. So, a few things I really want to mention tonight, uh, today even, sorry, on this episode. I know I've been jumping on for 30 minutes about my pet peeves, and I do apologise um, on that one, but... <sighs> hate. Hate within this field. It is. There's so much of it. And you know when you're... Not sound the dotted line. You know when you start this thing. I call it a thing. There's a name for it. When you... When you start something that you really enjoy, a hobby, um, something that you really want to do all the time, something that you really enjoy and just takes you away from the hustle and bustle of what life can offer, you get hurt with it. I mean, I'm personally, weirdly enough, don't get hurt from the people that support what I do, or people that watch my videos, don't get hurt from that either. I get hurt from fellow paranormal teams. Yeah, I know. And I'm going to mention them now. I don't care if there's any repercussions, but there is a team called PSI, Papa Sierra Information Paranormal. They are based in, not far from me, anyway, we stumbled across paths sometime last year. And literally, they came forward to us as a unit and said, don't mind collaborating one time. I was like, hell yeah, yeah, that's fine, of course. I, don't, I really don't mind, that's, that's really cool, no problem. Cause it went quiet after a bit. Nothing didn't hear anything, and then um, of course I've been working closely with, Mich with Michelle probably for over thirteen months now on various locations. And PSI was always in the background because actually Michelle worked with PSI in her own time as well. So which is fair enough. It's it's good to to get locations under your belt and experience, and and that's just the way it is. Um, and then PSI did an update at one time saying that they've been approached by Amazon or they've approached Amazon one of the way one of the other um, to use their footage now that's fantastic it's really good to see that a fellow team has actually been approached by a big unit i.e. Amazon or Amazon Prime the video service to, to use maybe the potential of their footage um, so I messaged him, um, and it wasn't a personal message, it was actually a message on their update themselves saying, bloody hell, congratulations, massive uh, jump that is, and I really hope it goes really well. And I got a, a kind of vague, nice reply back, which is fair enough, that's it. And then, of course, I followed them on, on most of their socials just to see what how they're doing and what, what they're up to and, and this, that, and the other, because they are in the same field as me, of course. So I'm not just being nosy, which I am clearly, um, but I also learn. I learn every single day I wake up and especially if I, f uh, I follow another paranormal team I learn from maybe what they do and and how they do it and if they've been approached or they've approached Amazon which might potentially going forward of course I want to know how they've done it and um, and, and what route they've taken so I went on their YouTube channel looked at their channel 
and I looked at the footage that they've been putting up. Now they've got 106 videos, uh, which is three times the amount of what I've got, which is fair enough. They've been busy. Um, um, the subscribers was quite low for that amount of videos, um, but then I looked at the actual content they've been putting up, and I, I didn't get it. I didn't get it anywhere, shape, or form, because nine times out of ten, I would say I would say 60% of it wasn't even paranormal, or anywhere, shape, or form close to it. So I was like, right, okay. So I kept scrolling, looking for the episodes, the paranormal episodes. And in the years they've been running, I can probably find maybe five. And I'm getting confused and perplexed at this situation now. I'm thinking they've been approached or they've approached Amazon Music Prime thing. And yet the content I have watched isn't particularly brilliant, as in fantastic, but it's content um, either way. Um, and there's not much of it. So I couldn't figure it out. There's a big massive gap, but I thought, well, pff, either way, whatever, that's fine. It's, everyone's got their own way of doing things and how they want to broadcast their medias, how they want to do it. So I never really think, thought anything much more of it. And I flicked on my TikTok one time and they was doing a live. And again, not being nosy, okay, I'm a bit. So I flicked on their live and clicked it so I can watch their live. And um, one of the uh, the guys there, the investigators, um, what's his name, Mark? I think it's Mark, one of them, mentioned that they have bought a 4K um, setup, so a 4K camera with uh, the, the boom sound quality to um, connect to it going forward so they can portray themselves as 4K footage. So I was like, oh, brilliant. In my head, I'm thinking, in my head, when I'm watching this, I'm going, oh, brilliant, that's a real good move. I mean, I've thought about it, but I'll never do it, not just yet anyway, because when you do 4K, as everyone knows, you're not just going to update your camera and your sound, you've got to update your, your, your editing software, update your computer you're editing on you've got to update your internet speed when you upload into youtube because 4k is five times the size as a normal hd video so there's a lot of things you need to really pay attention to not um, from jumping from hd high definition 1080p to 4k so i messaged on their live thing saying brilliant news fantastic i wanted to go 4k myself but i haven't the guts to do it yet because i know a lot of other stuff is incorporated that needs to update as well with the 4k camera and i asked i've got the finances all the the effort really i want to do that yet map with the hd um so i literally the, the message i messaged him was saying have you updated your computer your internet your software your, your firmware your, your, your actual editing suite to, to coincide with 4k and i messaged him on their live thing and they replied like on their video saying oh, yes yes everything's all been done um, yes yes um, um we've updated everything everything's all up to par and uh, we're really excited to come forward. So I was like, brilliant. Done dusted. That's what I thought. Well, I thought. And then, um, literally, Michelle got a message from Mark, one of their guys, two weeks down the line saying, it was like a like a story, literally. Big, massive story saying, sorry, Michelle. This is just like a, I ain't got it in front of me the message or anything. It's like a, a bare minimum, but I can remember when Michelle showed me. Oh, um, we don't think we can work with you anymore, Michelle, because we're not a big fan of Dave and HGC After Dark. He's belittled us, he's brought us down. He's not really our cup of tea. He's, um, there's something quite wrong about him. Um, he's belittled uh, what we're doing, how we're doing it. This, that, not a lot, you know how it goes, that kind of message thing. So we feel like we can't work with you long. Uh, can't work with you, Michelle, unfortunately, while you're still working with Dave, as in me, myself, who I'm talking, me. So anyway, Michelle showed me this message, and I'm like reading it, I'm going, what? I'm, I'm perplexed and confused more than anything. What? Where did that come from? 
Um, but I did mention on this message that um, I've been messaging them, and I'm thinking, eh? I've never once private messaged them. That's for fa that's for a fact. I have messaged them on the live feed, which I've just mentioned not long ago, and I mentioned uh, another message, which was on their replying to one of their pictures or one of their updates on Facebook. But nothing was bad. It was like literally just, if anything, I thought personally it was just helping. Like, like, have you have you prepared for what you're doing? And they said, so yeah, that came it down. And um, and the way Mark mentioned the way Mark typed this message out, it, it was very very going back to my pet peeves, very rude and obnoxious how he wrote it. Like, we've got thirty years history. In doing the paranormal field and we've come across low lives like Dave all the time who'll think there's something and they're really not and this that the other and I'm like reading this off in my head I'm going bloody hell this guy had a very much a massive bee in a massive very big bonnet he had a problem with me um I clearly think he had a problem with me because I've I've confronted not confronted but mentioned the problems that they are going to occur I'm in the same field I should know so I was just basically just help I thought helping them Anyway, they cut me off all socials, cut me off completely. They've cut Michelle off, so they don't work with Michelle no more. For whatever they gained from it, I do not know. So, But I did manage to get onto their YouTube and just check their YouTube, because now they're apparently full, fully-fledged 4K now. And the videos for the last four months have not been 4K. And then I spoke to Michelle about this, and Michelle said, oh, yeah, they've had issues, Dave. They spoke to me saying they've had issues with the 4k and um the editing thing they're having issues with that and sound in this that the other. so i was like well that's pretty much what i mentioned to them i said have you prepared yourself um going forward and that's all i mentioned but clearly they've saw the wrong side of it just like yeah i know so she's confused just as much as me um i know they've had problems with updating onto the internet their inf their 4k footage because the internet that they got at the moment is just not strong enough and when you're loading a 4K footage, a 30-minute 4K footage would could be in region of 12 to 15 gig of data, uh, an HD one. I can do 45 minutes, and it won't go any more than above eight. So it's a lot. And um, when you come to render 4K, when you're editing it, it's rendering a lot more pixels, and a lot more of your computer is going to be used to render this, which takes a hell of a lot longer. I'm lucky enough that I I've tried rendering 4K on the on the setup that I've got, and yes, it's a bit slower than HD. I would say it adds an extra 10, 15 minutes onto a render, maybe a bit more. I don't know, but it's doable and it still works. So I've already prepared myself in future, knowing that if I do go 4K, I've the setup that I've got now is good enough to do it. And they didn't, unfortunately. They just tripped up on that aspect. But I tried helping them. Look where it got me. Absolutely ridiculed really and. Well, I wish I never bothered opening my mouth now, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, but uh, the, the hate in the paranormal field, it's it's not great. And very much so, uh, you get it everywhere, in any kind of field you're in, uh, any kind of job you're in. But, yeah, I wanted to mention this PSI paranormal. Bearing in mind, the guys are in the 40s, late 40s. So, yes, they are a bit long in the tooth, and I'm, of course, a lot younger than them. Um, I don't think they're up to par on the social media thing and stuff like that. Um, my personal opinion, um, and yeah, that's just the way they, they treated me from start to finish. And and the end of ten on to Michelle said, I don't think I'll ever collab with them ever again because I've 
feel like I've done nothing wrong. They've not given me a chance to even explain my situation. If they did get um, be in the bonnet, I could explain why I said something if they'd asked me, but they didn't. They just jumped to conclusions. And now I feel the reason why they've jumped to conclusions is because I asked them the questions that they don't want to hear. I don't know. Could be anything. Anyway, I'm blabbing. So we did get a few questions sent in. A few of them are absolute stonkers. Um, I actually really enjoyed um, reading them. Uh, so I've got one question here. The first question is from Katie. She's from Southampton and she's put, you mentioned a few episodes ago about your past and things you've been through. I've been through a lot and sometimes wonder where I'm going to get some strength from. How did you get on top of your bad moments? And can you talk a bit more about your past and how you feel you've... Oh, can you talk a bit more about your past as I did feel you held back on that episode? Now, this is a paranormal... <laughs> <laughs> podcast but I have mentioned in the past episode issues that I have been through just like anyone else um, yeah and I remember there's only a few episodes ago I mentioned about when I came out of a, a, a bit of a um, long relationship and losing my best friend and how to go forward in trying to get over that not get over it but to make it a lot easier to live your day to day life uh, knowing you've gone through a bit of hair. Um, thank you for the question. I must admit, I really do appreciate sending that in, Katie. And I will try and elaborate a bit more um, on it for you. Strength. Strength comes in all ways, shape and form. Um, whatever you find you can gain strength from, I would just suggest you do it. Everyone's different. Uh, my way of getting over the turmoil that I went through uh, about a year and a half ago the strength that I gained was doing things that I pretty much had a love for and after dark of course tended to be one of them um, but also little things like I would say getting my cat that's another thing um, I like I'm into my art now when I was with my ex at the time I, I was really into art but never really fulfilled and I never bought any of it because soon as me and her separated ways um, I fully fledged got in contact with a local artist in Hull fantastic woman she is and she um, made some um, some bit of art for my apartment because I've moved into a new apartment so I wanted my apartment to be my apartment my home my space just like everyone else has their home and their space you decorate it and you fill it um, with items to um, portray you as a person you know, whatever you enjoy to, to look at and use or whatnot. A man was out and I've always wanted to do it. So I actually went out and contacted this local artist and I said, can you make me some big pieces of art? Now these pieces of art were huge. Uh, one of them cost an absolute fortune, but people still come in my apartment and look at it and think, hmm, I'm not too sure about that. But this art is very much how you want to portray it. When you look at this certain piece of art, uh, people see it differently to the next person that might see it. And that's very much like my content that I put out on a week to week, month to month basis on, my, on the YouTube channel. People perceive and interpret that content however and the evidence that i portray however they want to to portray it um and that's very much like the artwork that i buy people portray it in their own way and yeah that's one thing i did do um going forward something i wanted to do so that kind of brought my, my mind away from what was actually going on in, in day to day hourly hourly minute to minute life so to speak um another thing i did i think as well was um Oh, what's the main thing I really did? My mind's gone blank. I just had it in my mind a minute ago, and it's just absolutely just gone blank. So the artwork was one thing. 
motocross after dark was very much another um i wanted to buy a motorbike because i bought that did my license and stuff that's another thing i wanted to do that's a massive major one because i can get from a to b very quickly it's very cool just don't crash into brick walls like i did not too long ago um lesson learned there and i think just decorating my apartment i think that was a massive major one buying things i want to buy i bought a, i bought a silk bedding because i've always wanted to buy a silk bedding and you won't believe why <laughs> you will do when i tell you when i was growing up i used to watch a thing called newlyweds with jessica simpson nick Lachey. there was like the the, the posh and becks of the the couples back in the early 2000s i'm thinking uh jessica simpson was um, a pop singer and oh they both were actually um and nick Lachey was in is it 38 degrees so nick Lachey was at 38 degrees in america is it 38 degrees i'm sure it was him and his brother drew god i can't believe how much i know my, my knowledge is so random so yeah drew Lachey, nick Lachey, they were both in the band called 38 degrees and of course they met uh, jessica simpson through the singing scenario uh, Jessica Simpson, of course, was an artist in her own being. She had a, a sister called Asher Simpson. She did exactly the same thing. Fortunately, her career didn't go very well. But uh, but Jessica Simpson's career went really well, to be honest with you. She was running for a fair number of years, and, of course, them two met. Then the first year that they met, they signed up to pretty much what nowadays, well, what changed to be. I don't know if you remember, there used to be a program on MTV called, oh, what do you call it, with the goods on people's houses? I can't be call it now. And anyway, they go around people's houses and like celebrity houses and the show inside the house and stuff like that. There's a name for it. I'll come to me in a minute. I'm sure it will. But just before that, it was more reality TV. So we're trying to push on that. So they had things like, uh, my mind's really ticking now, especially when you, because when I do a podcast, I write certain things down and the rest of it just rolls off my tongue. So they had another program. It had, uh, did, did, what was that one of that porn video? <laughs> I can't have the name. Oh, God. My mind's gone blank. Do, 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 do. It's going to come to me. I'm sure it is. She did a porn video and she's got loads of little dogs. Oh, God. Come think about it. A Simple Life. Yes, A Simple Life with... A Simple Life. I can't believe the girls, the girls are in it. The names are just... Gone. It was called A Simple Life anyway, and it's like these two girls that there was going from farm to farm to farm to help the farmers. Don't know, kind of reality TV kind of way. Um, oh, I can't remember the names. I can't remember the names. Oh, my mind's gone blank. But it was called A Simple Life anyway. That was the first thing that I first saw, A Simple Life. It was on Channel 4 UK in, in, in England. And that was the first kind of reality TV that I'd finally, uh, firstly seen. Then, of course, Nick Lachey met Jessica Simpson and they signed up for a thing called Newlyweds. And they did that for two years, I think. They was together for six years and they did it for two years, which recorded their whole life, um, their whole um, behind the scenes of what goes on in their day-to-day life. And they did that. But as soon as I seen that, that kind of got me into the reality TV kind of thing. And, and ever since then, I've always watched reality TV from Big Brother to... I'm a celebrity game over here, fantastic. Big Brother was massive back in the day. I still, I, I still love that now, and, and hopefully that might be coming back this year. Fingers crossed. I think Channel 5, no, I think ITV, our UK broadcasting channel, I've actually bought the rights to maybe do it again this year. So again, I'm looking forward to that. I don't know what it is about reality TV. I think the fact that you can see some 
want to live their life and everything's all recorded just i find that so interesting weirdly enough but yeah so i don't know what that's got to do with the katie question actually i've gone to reality tv but yeah so um art so that's one thing um sand memorabilia i went down the route of that so my, one of my favorite films is bad boys so i got um a signed uh, poster of will smith and martin lawrence out of bad boys one uh, it's all original comes with a certificate and I, I got i bought that um, and that, that's in my front room at the moment i also bought the iron man because i love my marvel it's another thing i love marvel films anything to do with marvel i'm hooked I bought um, a Marvel stuff, uh, and I also bought um, a signed Marvel negative because the first Marvel film, Iron Man One, that they made, um, they had a negative from the actual film, a film negative, and it was signed by Iron Man himself. Uh, his name just deceived me at the moment of time, and the actual who actually plays him. Um, I can see his face and his beard, but I can't believe name him. So I bought this, it's all framed in that and it's all signed and, and then the original negative is in the frame as well. So I bought that and then I'm, and the joke of the film, I actually bought um, another poster um, of that as well and that's signed as well. So I'm signed memorabilia, just things like that that I've always wanted to do. Um, I never did it in the past and started doing it. That kind of helped as well. Um, I'm trying to change my day-to-day -day life, going to the gym. Um, changed my job, but I had no choice with regarding the job scenario because I lost my job for losing my partner, believe it or not. So, changed my job. Um, after dark, that's a massive change. Just trying to change my life to day to day, life to life thing in any way, shape, or form. If, if it's anything my new or anything big, I just I just changed it. Um, and again, that just helps. And I've always said, time is your biggest and best thing you've got it never changes it's always there and as time went by my new apartment living my brand new life um which it clearly was um time went by and everything just changed hurt is horrible it really is and everyone goes through it in their own way everyone deals with it in their own way i dealt with it in my own way I would suggest if anyone's going through hurt or going through a situation where they're either confused or they are literally hurt and it's really affecting their day-to-day -day life, try and speak out about it. Don't keep it inside because when I was going through it, for because I'm a very close-knit person, I like to keep my cash to my chest, I just didn't speak. And as time went by, it was just building up and building up and building up. It's like blowing an air balloon up. Soon enough, the more air you put in, it's just going to pop and mine popped and it popped i think at my moment it really did pop is when and on her i was watching a film that we both watched me and my ex years and years ago and i stumbled across it and i watched it i actually shed a tear i shed a tear and at that moment of time i think my bubble popped because i thought dave sort yourself out now this is really and this was like six months down the line i thought i need to really really pull myself together, try and start questioning my life a bit more, changing things, being more happier, understanding and loving myself a bit more. And I think that moment in time when that balloon popped for me, that was it. And ever since then, it went kind of uphill because I knew there was an issue there, underlying issue, and it was morally depressing me and bringing me down. So I knew that that moment in time, I have to change things, and I did. And now... I would like to think I'm in a hell of a lot well, I am in a hell of a lot better place. Um just in like day to day life. I just love it. So I really hope, Katie, thank you for your question again. That that's kind of 
shed some light on it but if you are going through any issues yourself speak out about them don't let them build up inside the more you speak about it the more it will relief off your chest and each day will get easier i promise you that it never gets harder it will always get easier when you think you're at your lowest you're not you you, you will get by you always will we've got another question um right that was it from yvonne um i've wrote this out but i've wrote it out wrong um yvonne i put bath you said that doesn't make sense uh, on my last episode i mentioned that the evp recorder that i use which i did uh, me and my husband are looking at doing investigations can you tell us more about your equipment that you use on your investigations please thank you and that's from yvonne she didn't put where she was um where she'd message from as in location but hopefully yvonne if you're listening now you've um you've heard that i've read your question now so oops technology so i've mentioned about my evp recorder on my last update on my last episode sorry um so if you look flick back on there you can um get up to power on what actually evp recorder we use now i do have a permanent night vision camera now this is actually believe it or not my first ever night vision camera i bought and i've never wanted to get rid of it ever since it's never let me down and it does what it does and it does it really well it's made by sony and i think that's probably why it does it really well sony do make really good cameras so it's a Sony Handycam, um, the high-definition version. So it's got the built-in um, memory already into it. So it's got 60 gig built-in, which gives me up to 20 hours recording directly to the camera. But then, of course, you've got your choice of your memory card as well on top of that. So when I record now at the moment in time, I still record to the hard drive on the camera. I haven't actually used the memory card slots part yet and i think that's because it's never let me down recording directly to the camera so i think if it's not let me down it to now i probably will never change it until it does let me down and i'll start recording to the sd card but this camera is full high definition i can give you the make and model if i can bloody find it it's written here somewhere oh wait i'll have to turn my light on one sec it's written in the smallest of smallest writing so this is like i said a sony handycam and it is da, 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 da. the version is a model it's a hdr hotel delta romeo then a dash and then an sr5 and then e for echo and it's the smallest little cam you can get well i'm holding it in my hand um it's really small compact really nice and stylish when you look at it really good the thing that impresses me, apart from the things that I probably already mentioned, is the sound quality is really good. The speaker um, is mounted on the top of the camera and it's a 5.1 setup, so it records from five different angles. So when you come back to actually looking at your evidence that you've recorded, the sound quality is really up to par because the speaker that this uses is really good. I've never actually had to attach an external boom speaker to it or any kind of microphone at all because the speaker built on is, is phenomenal. Uh, and the battery so the battery it comes with was only a 1280 uh, milliamp hour battery and it gave me three and a half hours pure pure recording um i upgraded that to a 4000 mah milliamp um, hour battery and that gives me now constantly near enough 10 hours pure recording which is phenomenal for any camera the other thing it does have is a night vision and you can flick it to color vision by a flick of a button that alone is its saving grace because sometimes when the other cameras have failed which i've mentioned previously in other episodes mm -hmm. 
because this camera does flip to color and then flip to night vision you get best of both worlds you need that in this field because not just if your camera equipment that you've got fails and you've got this here as a backup it just means you can record in that in pitch black basically and you can see absolutely everything now the infrared on this has only got two little illuminators on which is not the brightest um, but I do when I use it have two external ones that I use which have 20 little illuminator bulbs on them so I've got 14 total so I've got two of them on each side that lights up the full room so to our eyesight it's pitch black but to this camera it lights it up perfectly um, but the um, the only thing that does let it down is that you only have two little illuminator bulbs on this camera so the, um, the, the range is not very really long but apart from that I've never been let down by it so the sound quality is good the video quality is good the battery life when I extended the battery is phenomenal and it's it's never had a problem sending data over to my computer either it's got its own little docking stint thing which is really good um, and then you just literally this docking thing just sat on my on my desk and just literally push the camera on top of it connects up and then that's automatically connects to the computer and just drag and drop done dusted simple uh, that's the night vision camera that I use now the other one I've got and fire is my color vision which is the Panasonic HC so Hotel Charlie dash X900 now this is a full high definition 1920 about 1080 um, camcorder and it's got a wide angle lens on it as well it is the absolute dog's bollocks the screen on it is massive to know the, the flip out screen that you use that's really really big um, when I did get this, the the cam the battery on it that originally came failed on me after a period of time, so I've actually had to replace it with a bigger battery, which is a saving grace now because the first battery I got with it, I was getting maximum three hours. Now this new battery I've got is near enough double the size, I'm near enough I can max it out near in five and a half hours, pure recording on it. Um, the the quality is fantastic and the sound quality is very similar to the Sony, so it's a 5.1 channel um, um, sound on top which can record five different angles and so the sound quality is absolutely phenomenal on it and it's really good I've never had a problem with this camera now since the battery's been done and replaced it's light, it's compact, it looks apart it sounds apart when it comes to looking back at your footage and more importantly it's got a wide angle lens which is fantastic when you're using it on location so you can fit more of the frame into in, in, into the um, capture onto your video um, which is good Love it. I am going to be looking at buying another one to punish with because um, this one's that good. Panasonic are uh, known for their good cameras as well. Um, and this one actually is a few years old and it's still phenomenal in what it does and how it works. So yeah, that's the two cameras. And of course, we've got the basic um, IR illuminators and what else we've got? Yeah, just your two white lights that I use, um, cat balls. Um, what else have I got? Mm, one sec. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, so that's what I'm using at the moment. Yeah, both the cameras have both got extended batteries, so that's worry about running out of battery on a location because now time it's in, you're not going to be able to charge them um, unless you bring a, a portable charger thing and it's just a pain in the ass to carry more stuff. So them are two cameras, um, they're fantastic in, in, in what they do and how they do it. So I don't think I'll ever change them until one of them fails, I know what I'm like. Um, 
So yeah, thank you very much for that question, Yvonne. I do appreciate you sending that in, um, and I hope that's answered to answered your question. Uh, so yeah, going forward with that, thank you again. Ghost Adventures, I can't wait for their home visits. I really can't wait. I just think because they've been doing what they're doing at the locations they've been picking. I just feel Ghost Adventures have picked and choose their locations based on what evidence has been caught in the past. I mean, I do it. Every paranormal team does it. You go to a location that's renowned for its activity. Fair enough. I'm just really intrigued about these home visits and what they're going to pick up and how they're going to pick it up. But more importantly, are they going to change the ways they've been investigating because of it? Which I'm sure they will do. Um, they're one of the teams that I look up to through and through. Not just the presenters, but how they broadcast themselves on screen. The technology they use, the locations they go to, but more importantly, how they're always 10 steps ahead in every field, in every choice they make. I really can't wait for this new season to start. I think it's on the 19th of this month it starts, so not too long ago, not too long away. They've not, they've been really, really tight-lipped about where they're going first. Uh, oh, it's just a killer for me because I like to try, try and be one step ahead on it and and what everything they do. But I just really, really am intrigued about what they're going to pick up evidence-wise at these home calls. I mean, I know through and through that houses, some of these houses that people live in nowadays can date back hundreds and hundreds of years, especially a big manor house that's been passed down from generation to generation in the families and stuff. So I know a lot of activity and a lot of life and a lot of memories have been can be made in a home. At the end of the day, a home is someone's, can be someone's really close thing to their chest, something that they're loving and enjoying and spend all the time, most of your time at home sometimes. So when you pass over or when you die, I wouldn't be surprised about how many spirits do just sit in reside in their home that they once spent most of their time in and cherished. So the evidence they're going to pick up, I think, will be a lot more, I like to think, will be a lot more better than what they've been picking up in um, their other locations they've been going to. Because you've got to remember as well, the locations they have been going to have been hit more than once, and not just by ghost adventures. They've been hit by other paranormal teams. And I always think you can drain a location by going to it more than once especially with teams the the activity can just get less and less and less and a lot of the locations that ghost adventures have been to a lot of other teams have already been there before them um or if they haven't they have done after the ghost adventures have been there and so when ghost adventures then do a revisit there i've noticed their activity is not as much because the spirits probably just pissed off that they are classed as puppets and they are there just start showing how they're showing activity for the cameras um and I think that's probably why they've gone down this home route thing. Because the home route as well, um, maybe another paranormal team have never been there. And I do call them the paranormal's gems because a paranormal team have their gems. And if they can find a house that's really, really active and no other team have been there before, the activity you can capture is, it could be absolutely phenomenal and an and eye-opener. And so I think that's why they're going down that route, I believe. Because we've done a few house calls ourselves and I'm still waiting now for this perfect gem to come and stumble on my knees um, of a, another home call, another house visit, because I think one, once that happens and we do actually find a really good, decent property that is really, really active, um, I think the evidence in capture there is, can be absolutely phenomenal, and I'm really, really looking forward to, to what Ghost Adventures are going are gonna to pick up and what evidence they are going to um, gain from their next adventures, hence in the name, Ghost Adventures. So, yeah, I mentioned my pet peeves. We've gone down that route already. Um, now, location we've just been to. We went to a location. It is... Where the hell was it? It was... 
it is a Lincolnshire, so a good hour away, hour and ten from where I am. Now, I've called it the Boathouse, and there's a reason why I've called it the Boathouse, because there's a massive lake there, huge, and it's all overgrown, but you can still see the principles of the lake and what it used to be back when it was a proper lake. It had boats and everything, it's massive. And our forest is literally growing around it now. <laughs> and the nearest, nearest lake is the actual property. And the property is connected to the lake. And I believe the owners of this property have, have passed away and they've not had no one to hand down this, um, this, uh, this home to. And of course, everything's just gone overgrown. The family, if any, um, I've not been able to do anything with it. And everything's just overgrown and, and, and crumbling. It's crumbling as we was there. But anyway, me and Michelle went to go and visit this um, this location. Now, to get to it, you have to walk through some thick, dense, very dark and eerie forest for a good 15 to 20 minutes. Now, I thoroughly enjoyed this because there's just something about a really scary forest that makes makes it more exciting for me. And so when she said you've got to do this to get to the property, I was like, oh, I can't wait. Um, and cut a long story short, we actually did do a little investigation in this forest on the way back because I just couldn't help myself. Uh, the property itself and the investigation, well, bearing in mind the house, there was not much left of it. The pigeons had set sail and they were living there permanently. So they were flying about, scaring the living daylights out of me. You just didn't know where they were. They'll see you before you see them. And they were just a chaos absolute chaos and they were just flying about of my heads and i was like oh god the building itself was literally falling apart there was not much left now michelle had already been there before me to scope out the location to see if it's accessible and you can get in and out which she does and she does it really well and then she messaged me um probably i think it was that night saying look i found this location it's um there's something really heavy of about it Something's not quite right and I get this really weird feeling inside my gut. So I think we should go there and just see what's got to offer. So I was like, brilliant. And I've always gone by what she's said in previous locations and she's never faltered. So I thought, well, why would she falter now? So of course, we went and, and did this investigation at this location. So we got to the house finally after walking through this dense forest. And as soon as we got to the house, I realised what was on the floor, every single room, every single level. And it was a probably about three to four inches of pure pure with a capital p pigeon shit pigeon shit and this was thick these pigeons have been in there for a good 15 years on and off no not on and off all the time since the building the build maybe more than 15 years the building like has been sat there for over 30 years and when i walked in there i had such a heavy horrible feeling i thought something not quite right here then we what normally when we go to a location we walk around get a scope of the place and we went upstairs and we went to the loft bearing in mind this loft was full of pigeon shit and pigeons and as i got higher and higher in this building i realized it's getting heavier and heavier and heavier and then it dawned on me what it was it was the feces it was the is the, the shit that was giving me the heavy feeling it wasn't the paranormal that we thought primarily it was the actual there was that much crap there and he was breathing it in it was literally affecting you because as soon as I stepped outside, even ever so slightly, it just it disappeared. Um, and the the yeah, the shit in the piss from these beds were absolutely killing us to the point where we we spent twenty minutes in the house and I just turned on to Michelle. I said, Michelle, we can't do it any longer. I'm I'm really feeling really sick through through this. So we called it there and then. And as we were walking out, 
we did a little mini investigation in the actual forest because I do believe a forest can hold a lot more past than a certain building itself. Um, some of these forests can date back thousands and thousands of years. So we, we did a little investigation there uh, to see what it might conjure up. And I've not actually gone through the episode yet as um, I'm talking to you now, but I will be going through it sometime this week and editing it and putting it online um, as one of the episodes that you will be seeing in season two. If we don't get evidence, we don't get evidence. But I have I had a few messages coming in saying if you get no evidence on some of your episodes still put it up anyway because we do like to see the locations that you go to the property the look this that the other because we, we do class what we do as kind of urban exploring as well because we do get to see the properties and the locations as they were near enough when they were proper operational and usable uh, and we lived in back in its heyday so I will start uploading episodes and if there's no evidence there to uh, a certain extent and I will still edit it and I will still upload it so that's my promise going forward. So I will get this edited and get it started and, and, and get that put up for, for everyone to, to, to view but hopefully when I go for the footage we might have picked something up in that forest because that forest had a really weird feeling going through there as well. Um, another location just before I let everyone go because I have been talking hellishly long um, we found um, a, a building and it's not just any old building. It is a building um, in Stoke. It was near Stoke, and it's been nicknamed the Murder House. So I'm going to type in now the Murder House. I've not actually re I've researched it, but only visual. I've not saved anything. So this Murder House was a horrible, horrible murder, um, and the house itself is lovely. It's an old Tudor house. I'd say seven, eight bedrooms. A lot of teams have already been down there and investigated it. Not loads and loads of evidence has been caught there. But that's where it keeps me intrigued because the teams that have been down there don't investigate the way we do. They don't have an EVP recorder recording at all times. Um, they do best, so EVP best, where they do the quick couple of questions, 20 second spurts of EVP recorder footage. Which is all well and good, but if you if you've got residual energy and residual voices that are relapping and relooping, like you're not going to pick it up in that ten seconds that you do these bear sessions in. So that's where we stand out from the crowd. I believe, my personal opinion, I believe we stand out, and that's why we get so many good class A to class B EVPs because this EVP recorder is constantly recording, and the residual uh, energy and voices that we pick up are phenomenal. They really are. But this house is based um, in Bar is it Ballaston or Ballaston Ballast I start that again Ballaston just outside Stoke finally got there and there was a woman called Alice uh, Wiltshaw that used to live at this property with her husband and they had a uh, a worker that worked for them so he'd come and do maintenance on the property maybe a bit of cleaning uh, any damage repair anything of the sort you know to keep the because it's a big property just to keep the pure maintenance up and the property in good shape this guy used to come and um and, and do work there and he did it for a fair number of years anyway um this guy had left the property on this this day um uh, i think it was wednesday this yeah, i'm reading it now so wednesday the 16th of july 1952 this guy had left the home and um alice had nipped out husband was at work and Alice had nipped out and she came back and I think she did a shop of some sort, some kind of food shop or she went to go and pick something up and she came back um, and I think this guy who um, worked for them didn't think she would be back 
and he'd come back later that day to burgle the property and take as much as he could out of it because I believe there was a lot of high-end possessions that was in this property at that very time because they were a very wealthy couple, a very wealthy house, big house, so there must have been some really good possessions there. Anyway, she was there and he didn't know that she would be there and as soon as he got into the property, um, he literally cracked himself and he, well, I'll read it from here. So, the body of 62-year-old uh, Alice Wiltshaw was discovered by her husband, Cuthbert, while he was, when he returned home in Barliston on Wednesday the 16th of July 1952. Cuthbert, which is her husband, a wealthy pottery manufacturer, had finished work for the day and returned to the 14-room mansion in the early evening. To his horror, he found Alice lying in a pool of blood in the kitchen. The trial of blood and other evidence led police to the conclusion that Alice had initially been attacked in the kitchen and probably while she had been preparing an evening meal. The intruder had selected two heavy logs from the scullery. I think that's something to do with the fireplace. The scullery and savagely beating Alice around the head, knocking her senseless. I can only imagine what this poor woman went through. The assailant had gone upstairs to steal property and rifle through Alice's handbag and upon returning downstairs had discovered that Alice had recovered consciousness and is now standing in the hallway. The attack began all over again and Alice tried to escape back towards the kitchen. Her assailant had followed her, hitting as he went. All kinds of weapons had been uses, used, sorry, from vases, ornaments and finally a three foot long barbed poker which of them sharp things that you get at the side of the fireplaces all of which were found heavily bloodstained alice had finally made her way back to the kitchen as she laid on the floor dying the callous killer had stabbed her through her head with the poker he had also stabbed her in the stomach a number of times there were however clues the police to examine the killer had left behind a footprint and a pair of bloodstained gloves for the motive of his terrible crime that was easily determined more than three thousand pound worth of jewelry had been found missing staffordshire police called in assistance from scotland yard and detective superintendent reg spooner was sent to take charge of the case he soon determined that there was no signs of a breaking and the crime had taken place when the all servants were off duty and that's when they later found out that that one of these servants had come back and of course did what he did and he was later sent to death. Um, death. He was later sent to the death penalty and, and killed because of his crimes. And of course, um, the poor woman died. Horrible, horrible story. And reading through it kind of puts images in your head of what this poor woman went through. But anyway, this house needs investigating because, yes, we know who the killer was. But we also know that she was married and married to her husband who unfortunately came home from a hard day's work to find his wife on the floor in a pool of blood dead i can only imagine what was going through his head at that time so surely she'll have been killed very slowly but a very painful death and all out of her hands and i believe she probably has a lot more to say on the crimes that were committed that night on wednesday this july the 16th in 1952 and I believe a lot of residual energy will have been recorded in this house. Whether it's her screams, her cries for help, or her telling him to stop. But also, because he's been sentenced to the death penalty, does he still reside in this property? Has he come back 
to reside in the place that he last remembers, knowing that he'd killed this woman for no reason. What, what of three thousand pound worth of stuff is ridiculous? As he come back to reside in this property as well, a lot of questions do sit open to what this property can literally offer. So me and Michelle are going to go to Stoke, and we are going to investigate this formidable, formidable house to see if there is anything that we can capture on our equipment, any residual. Can we hear her voice, capture her voice, or even capture the male voice that actually brutally murdered this woman? I know her husband has now passed as well, Cuthbert, so has he come back to, to reside in his home? Or has he moved on? I don't know. There's a lot of questions. The crime has been, well, the police have done the investigation and have and they've found out what happened so we, we you understand that but i do think that maybe this property does have a bit more to offer regarding what actually went on between these four walls and i think this is the reason why we need to go then and see what we can capture this will be hopefully fingers crossed one of our see uh, one of our episodes to season two uh, and i'm i can't wait to get down there to see what this this big massive mansion can can really offer and yeah, because other teams have been there and I've watched their footage, I know how they record and how they work. And I just know they don't record fully for the full investigation on EVP recorders, whereas we do. And I have to go through the painstakingly moment of reliving and going through that full 10-hour investigation or 8-hour investigation or maybe 6 hours, whatever it is. And listen to every single bit of audio, um, which might sound a pain, and it is, but I thoroughly enjoy it so much. And because I enjoy what we do so much, everything that I do, it's not classed as a a slog. It's 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 a it's a pride, and so I'm really looking forward to going to this location. So please stay tuned for that, because season two, this episode should be on there as well. And I can't wait to put that on on the uh, on the uh, on the uh, web website <laughs> on the uh, YouTube channel. Finally, get my words out. So yeah, thank you very much for both of your questions, um, you, um, Yvonne. And what was the other one? I will get your name because I've taken it off now. And Katie, again, both of you, brilliant. Thank you very much for sending the questions in, and I hope that answered them in a way. Any other questions? Keep sending them in. I'm getting a lot of questions sent in from my Instagram. So if you want to flick on my Instagram, HGC After Dark, you can just send a private message and I'll directly private me independently because I, I I run that social primarily myself. You can do that, or you can message on Facebook, um, uh, HGC After Dark. I'm a page on Facebook, or even better, on um, when you listen to the actual podcast itself if it's on spotify or apple my email address is actually in the description so you can always email me as well so there's various avenues you can actually send your questions in um but other than that any videos that you like anything of the sort give it a like subscribe and just keep following and keep doing what you're doing it's brilliant that you're still doing it on a day-to-day -day basis and i'm really 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 giddy and looking forward to um, showing everybody what season two's got to offer and the locations we've got all primed and ready and ready to go. Really can't wait for everyone to see that. But I believe this has been a fantastic episode again. I do love talking. And this has been episode 11. You've been listening to Dave. And this is After Dark Paranormal Quest. And I again will see you and speak to you next week. Bye.